Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Total Italian Football podcast. Here to talk about match day, I believe, 16 of 38. We're so close to the halfway point now, Ewan, and it does feel like we're still kind of just getting going in some parts. But it's just a two-man podcast this week. We are a little bit later. You can blame Kev Pogzelski being sick for that, but I hope he gets better soon. It is just me and Ewan today. And, well, we do have a person trying to interfere with the podcast right now because my dog's going to make an appearance and i'd imagine yours might at some point too hello how are you you i'm all right there shouldn't be a dog appearance in this one because i'm upstairs and she doesn't okay. she doesn't do upstairs As um, in, even if she wanted to she wouldn't move off the sofa at this time is there a reason she doesn't do upstairs he's gonna start barking um well we've we've only ever had two dogs and they've never been allowed upstairs oh okay um, but it's, it's always been big dogs, so I feel like that's more of a small dog thing to be upstairs. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, and also he, we, we've had huskies, so fur you you kind of want to keep that all downstairs. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't shed, so he can kind of mm. do what he wants. But anyway, he's going to start barking any minute now. But let's go through the results, shall we? Because match day sixteen was a good one in terms of a neutrals perspective, an Inter perspective, or a Bologna perspective. Um, I suspect you're not as happy as I am with how the weekend went, but it kicked off on Friday evening with Genoa coming back to draw 1-1 at home at Juve. Lecce beat Frozzanone 2-1 on Saturday. Napoli beat Cagliari by that same scoreline. And then Duvan Zapata got the only goal as Torino beat Empoli 1-0 on Saturday evening. Sunday kicked off with Milan beating Monza 3-0 at the San Siro. We had Ali Bay there for that. Udinese Sassuolo was 2-2, Fiorentina beat Verona 1-0, Bologna beat Roma 2-0 to go out on their own in fourth place. Bologna, yes, it's happening, guys. They are European contenders. And then Inter went four points clear at the top of the table, taking advantage of Juventus's earlier slip as they won 2-0 away at Lazio, where we had Alistair McKenzie. It was a big weekend for us too. And then on Monday night, the action came to an end with Atalanta coming from behind to beat Salernitana 4-1. Luis Muriel was at it again. Another gorgeous goal. Not quite as good as the back heel, but it was a slightly strange technique on the shot. Another beautiful goal. And Atalanta very much in that top four race as well. Just a reminder that... We are also available over on patreon.com slash total Italian football, where you can sign up for two, five or 10 euro a month and get extra podcasts. We'll be back with the women's football podcast tomorrow. We're recording this on Tuesday. That'll be recorded on Wednesday and published on that same day. And there's always bonus podcasts to keep you occupied throughout the week. Usually there's two. Sometimes it's just one, but there's always one. And anyway, Ewan, where should we start this week? I think we've got a little handful of options. I'd say either Bologna or Inter. I know where I want to go. back at you. <laughs> we are going to a place that's close to where I live. We're going to Bologna, you and they beat Roma 2-0. I think people will look back at this result as being one that was the moment when they really realised how serious Bologna were. I think that would be misguided because, as you know, I've been saying this since February, since I went to a game at, in Bologna and a man turned to me before the match and said, today Inter are going to lose. This is a Bologna that's good enough to get to Europe. And I've been taking them seriously since that old man said it to me because Bologna fans aren't usually ambitious like that. And that really did catch me off guard. But here we are. They're fourth. They're alone in fourth. 
They've got Atalanta next, I believe, as well. But this 2-0 against Roma. I know Roma aren't a great team, but they don't often lose 2-0. We're talking about Bologna first, Ewan. We're not focusing on Roma just for now. They are serious, aren't they? Yeah, they are serious. And, and like I say, without trying to do the whole, oh, I knew it sort of thing, because it's easy to do that. But You're leaving that to this, me. This shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a surprise, because like I say, they ended last season like this. They, they ended last season in this sort of form that, to be honest, not necessarily suggested they were going to finish in the top four, but, um, but it's certainly in the realm, in the top seven. Um you know, maybe take Fiorentina's place as the the conference league team, um, but yeah, now that they've, I think they were were they dead level with Roma in fourth last week, having they were having not played each other before. Um, yeah, like I say, obviously now they're they're standing strong on their own, um, but they just look they do feel real because there are a number of players in that team that everyone has known are quite good anyway. They've that that he's just actually got the correct tune out of them at the same time. Whereas it often feels like with Bologna, you get one or two players that are standing yeah. out, but there's never more than that, and you need more than that to get above, you know, ninth in the table. Like I say, they they never come across as ambitious. They seem very contented with not going down and just being sort of like what Torino are now, like a more entertaining. Torino, they've always been a bit more entertaining, but they've always been there in that that eighth to fifteenth bracket. I know, you know what I'm, you mean. I'm enjoying them. I think everybody's enjoying them. You'd be mad not to be enjoying them this season. I, I saw, I can't remember who put this out, but someone put out a tweet during the week who's not an Italian football fan. Um, well, they are a fan of Italian football, but you get what I mean. They usually talk about other football, and they said how Inter are the best team to watch in Europe at the moment, and I responded saying, well. Hello, Bologna exists because <laughs> Bologna are are that good, and it's funny that you mention them in the same breath as Torino. Obviously, this is a team that, if you look back through the history of Italian football, there's the big three who've won. Juve have won 36 titles, Milan have won 30, 19, and Inter have won 19. And then after that, you've got to go a long, long way down to Genoa on nine. But then there are Torino and Bologna and Pro Vercelli who all have seven titles. So this is a team who, in the past, albeit very, very far in the past, was a huge team. They're from one of the most important cities in Italy, particularly as someone who lives in Emilia-Romagna. Bologna is definitely the, the capital city of the region. It's it's a hub of transport through the city. There's a lot that happens around Bologna um, that makes it deserving of a team that's knocking on the door of Europe. And as Kev has said a few times as well, as someone who's visited Bologna a couple of times, it's the kind of city that you want to have European football because can you imagine having a European away team Bologna like it's 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 not like the other European away trips that you get you know there is something a little bit unique about it and it's just an absolutely brilliant city and I do hope they they manage to continue to ride along this path and get into European football whatever competition that is I think we could probably agree that Champions League isn't impossible for them it's more likely that the Europa League is a realistic aim for them though and I've seen a couple of people say, well, I, I mean, I, I don't want to credit these people, but they're just football Twitter people say, oh, it doesn't matter. They'll bottle it in the end. I just want to clear it up that if Bologna don't get the top four or even the top six, it, it won't be because they've bottled it. It'll be because they don't have the resources of everybody around them. Yeah, it's it's a long season. They, 
I don't know what their injury situation is at the moment, but I assume it's not massive based on the form. At some point, that'll probably change because at some point during every season, pretty much a team will have a handful of important injuries. And like I say, it, it, it's it's Bologna that they're, they're not they're not swimming in cash, and therefore when they get those injuries, the drop off is going to be greater than it is at Napoli, Roma, you know, even Atalanta. There's going to be a drop off there. Um, you'd, you'd say if they are going to get into the Champions League, it, it's it's Napoli they have to probably target. You'd say Napoli feel like maybe the the long term favourites out of the. Bologna, Napoli, Fiorentina, Atalanta, Roma—the the teams that are probably fighting to be behind the top three that look pretty, pretty established already. Um, but they are at the moment. What's the gap now? Is it two points? One point. Yeah. So it's it's very tight because it's only three points down to Roma in eighth, um, and then inexplicably Torino are in ninth, which I don't yeah, know how that's happening. They're kind of sneaking up there as well, aren't they? Mm. I don't know who they play each week. I think they do it in secret. Like, have you ever, have you watched them this season? Yeah, they hammered Atalanta the other week. <laughs> oh yeah, they did. Didn't they? <laughs> but that's the thing. That was a Monday night, wasn't it? I yeah. swear they always play on like a Monday night or a Friday night or in some weird little slot that no one knows it's happening, except for their own fans. Um, yeah, they they keep. I'll say the other thing that caught my eye from the table yesterday, which is ridiculous. On a side note, is that. It's ridiculous but predictable. Who knows? You've drawn ten games out of sixteen. I was looking at this last weekend, Shocking. and I couldn't believe it as well. They did it again this week. Yeah, they've won two nil up. <laughs> the commitment to drawing—it's <laughs> very strong. It's to be respected, really, isn't it? Well, the sixteenth, so it might stop being. Sorry, seventeenth. You no, know what point. is? I'm looking at, right. I'm looking at Udinese now. Sorry, but they've drawn ten games. They've only won once. So from. They've lost five, but the win kind of cancels that out. So I'm I'm looking at this as being from four defeats. They have a goal difference of minus thirteen, which is poor, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. So when they lose, they lose. Yeah, which I, I wouldn't necessarily associate with them. No, I don't know what I don't know what they are this season. They're sort I of... want see. I have a softer spot for them this season, obviously because Vestia Bazzelli is there. Um, I want him to do well, but I've always wanted Udinese to get relegated. So my dream. Is Fested is good enough to earn another move, but in Italy, I don't want him to go back to anywhere near home. So he has to stay here. Udinese have to get relegated, and then Festi goes to Bologna or something who pushed for Europe or Atalanta. Be easier to get an interview with him if he goes to Bologna. So go there, please, Festi. <laughs> um, I see what you're doing though by bringing Udinese into this. You're looking to distract from the fact that Roma got beaten two 0 on the road and didn't look very inspired at any point throughout this game. Um, are you crying? Oh, I haven't stopped crying since they lost away at Bologna <laughs> on match day 16. <laughs> um, uh, like I say, the, 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 the result feels almost more important in a head-to-head sense if, if this does all stay very tight. Um, mm-hmm. up to the end of the season because obviously they they have now lost to Bologna. Um, but I honestly do not know where what this Roma team really is at the moment because they were doing very well, um, and they'd got you know got themselves up into fourth, which which felt a bit high for how good the team feels. Um, and now they've drawn one, lost one, and suddenly they're down in eighth. So it is one of those seasons where everything feels quite 
pronounced all the time. That's kind of what Alice has been saying with Lazio, isn't it? Yeah. Obviously, that, that gap has grown a little bit now, but but they did play into this weekend. Um, I feel like yeah, when what, you're looking at the table this season, you should probably largely ignore, when you're talking about the European chasing teams, largely ignore the number on the left, which is the position, and focus yeah. more on the right, which is the points, because from Bologna to Roma, it's still just three points. So they're still kind of in the right area. And I don't know if this is too simplistic. We've, we're going to have an article going up on the website that kind of discusses this written. I think it was by Ben, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I've not edited that yet. So that's why I'm not sure whose it is. Um, but with Bologna, or Bologna, they're just so in my head. They're so in my head for the last month. With Roma, is it too simplistic to say that when they've got Dybala and Lukaku, they're all right? Like, they're not great, but they're all right. And when they don't, they're a poor team. Yeah, I'd say they're not. I'd say that was more. I know Lukaku wasn't there, but in principle, I'd say that was more the case last season. I think there is a bit more there in a general sense this season. Um, but in terms of Mourinho, I've got sort of mixed feelings about Mourinho at Roma because, like, <laughs> like half of you never wants it to end because in so many ways it's wonderful. All of me never wants it to end. <laughs> but then you do get these runs of, like, you can watch Roma 10 times in a row and get no joy out of it. Mm. And you <laughs> think, well, you know, maybe maybe there is another way out there. Um, but... Yeah, but then you read things like when in the Europa League in the week when uh, Nicola Pasilli scored and Mourinho's quotes afterwards where he was talking about how he had to leave the dressing room to to make sure he didn't start crying because um, Pasilli was crying so much that he scored in his debut and all, all that sort of stuff. And he talked about how many, I think it's like 13 youngsters that he's given a Roma debut to since he's been there. Um, all that sort of stuff and how much it means to him. And you think, well, I, I can't actively wish against that. <laughs> that being that being the, the, the case, um, but yeah, they're they're a very very odd team. I, th- I think maybe it's slightly simplistic, but it's it's not. It doesn't come from nowhere. Okay, will we leave it there? Are you, have you suffered enough? Uh, they wore a mixed kit, so it's probably deserved. What do you mean a mixed kit? I didn't notice uh, this. They, they had the the sort of goldy away shirt on, but the black shorts from. That other kit, which I think is mixed. I don't think I'm aware of their goldie shirt. I thought they had a white and black. Uh, it's, it could be any color, really. Cream. The, yeah, obviously there's the home one, you know, the black one. With the, and then there's another one. <laughs> Describe this. So <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that there while I go and look at photos of that shirt. We'll go to look. We'll go to Rome now, will we? Because Lazio hosted Inter and Inter left with all three points, a 2-0 win. And just more positive signals that they are, and I think we can say these next three words, by a distance, the best team that we've got in Italy this season. Because I still think Juventus are going to be able to keep things interesting at the top, but I don't think there's anything comparison between what those two sides can be on on their best days and Inter just kind of turned it on in the second half didn't they or was it it was kind of between the the 35th and the 55th minute wasn't it that they that they stepped things up I can't quite remember the timeline but they look good when they're on at you you, you did a um 
Italian headline translation thing then the positive signal. Did I? <laughs> yeah. You want to say like a, a big emotion? Yeah, <laughs> that sort of thing. I I sent you a message last night that contained something that after I sent it, I was like, that's not what a normal English speaker would say. So it's properly I mean, I have to go back. As long as it wasn't too far back. Um yeah, they it feels like on pretty much every game they play, there there are gears, and that that's always a, a scary thing. Obviously, on, on a weekend in which you've dropped points, um, and you've dropped points first as well. So into new, you know, even if we start trying to look at them from a mentality perspective, they they knew that they had a chance to go further ahead. They were going away to, albeit a Lazio team that isn't brilliant, but you're still going away to Lazio. Um, where they, Inter hadn't they, won for like five years or something. Yeah, like they, they can always pick up a result in that sort of situation. Um, and very calmly won, basically. Um, my my favourite thing by far was Lazaro's goal. I knew you were bringing this up straight away. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's the sort of goal that only an informed striker can do because where he picks up the loose back pass, the fact that he's gone round the keeper in the direction that he did and yeah. scored... <laughs> That never happens. Like, if he'd gone round him the other way, sure, that's a semi-normal thing to happen. But he literally went the long way round, pretty much got to the byline, then came back inside and still scored. And there was about three defenders on the line. Um, it was... He's he's taking the piss all season. Well, you say taking the piss. I thought it was quite rude. That yeah, goal, it, was. it was. Why on earth did he not just pass that to Marcus Turam? Like, he was like, nah... I'm going to make this really difficult for myself and I know I'm still going to score pretty comfortably. And if he was in one of his dead patches, maybe he would have. But at the moment, I mean, he's now got 15 in 16 in Serie Yeah, it's And is, four assists. I was chatting to my dad during this game and he was just um, like, that's a lovely golf. And I said, I think this is the best we've ever seen him. And obviously he's... We've kind of laughed at him, not to say that he's not a great player, but we, we laugh at how streaky he is because he can go from being the best striker in the world to being someone that you don't want anywhere near your team, even if you're fighting against relegation mm. overnight. And both of those players stick about for about the same amount of time before the other replaces them. But this season, he's just been absolutely relentless. And with if any team had him, they'd be title contenders. The fact that it's this interview who have me think, oh God, it's yeah. it's going to be, uh, uh, <laughs> they're going to stroll to the title potentially. But it is great seeing Lataro play like this because he is one of those players, isn't he? That uh, it, Is this an Argentinian striker thing? Because the immediate comparisons that come to mind here are Diego Melito and Carlos Tevez. You know, they just have that little, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Squat. They can like get a bit scrappy. They move way faster than you think they're gonna move across short spaces mm. of the pitch. And diminutive. Diminutive. Yeah. I, I wouldn't <laughs> use that about Milito, but they all kind of fit mm. into that. Those like they're a little bit ratty, is what I'm trying to say. In the well, best they're, they're like little way. balls, aren't they? That's that's yeah. like whole thing. Um, Very true. Is that it is. Because he's, he's he's a very stocky player, he's he's the sort of build of player who were he English and playing in England he'd be called fat, because that's that's what happens here. <laughs> Hence why Wayne well, Rooney was Lantaro fat. Would, 
Probably, yeah. Remember, remember the whole thing was that you know, Wayne Rooney just used to get called fat all the time. Not in a completely serious yeah. way. but And he was the same kind of build that Lautaro is. Well, Frank Lampard's fat as well. One of the most in-shape <laughs> men I've ever seen. <laughs> Luke Shaw, he's, he, he got the whole of Anfield to shout you fat bastard at him. Um, See, lucky and he, he has a slightly chubbier face than you expect. Yeah, and there is the odd pre-season photo of Luke Shaw, which, which aided the uh, <laughs> what, mm. what people think of him. Um, but hey, leave him alone. Um, yeah, he's that sort of striker. He's, he's very stocky. He's, he's strong. Like, that's why he can do every type of goal because he's strong, but he's actually quick. Um, and he's really good at heading, which yeah, that feels like another Argentinian forward thing now. Because <laughs> Nico, Nico Gonzalez, 45 yards before, <laughs> but like from memory, Tevez got a handful of headers mm-hmm. during his career. Um, Nico Gonzalez at Fiorentina scores so many headers that you just wouldn't expect to happen which that's partly being a winger and appearing at the back post but you still got to do the header um, so yeah let, let's, 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 let's do a ball and then he did that goal in the Champions League <laughs> yes that is one of the best headers ever isn't it no it's crap Speaking of good headers, actually, and not from Argentinians, so apologies, but it's feeding into something we're going to talk about tomorrow. The women's football podcast. I was at Como Women against Roma, and Lucia Di Guglielmo scored just one of those headers that makes you like. I sat back and just tapped my mate, and I was like, <laughs> "You can't do anything about that." That was a great game, by the way. What a match! One nil. Then it was two one. Then three minutes later, it was. It was 1-1, then three minutes later, 2-2, then three minutes later, 3-2. Brilliant. Just boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it went mad. So I was getting the notifications for it because it wasn't on YouTube. And yeah. I was I was reacting to each goal to you, and then I, I, I stopped doing it after a while. Because... Well, yeah, you messaged me something that was like, hee, 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 hee. And then by the time I saw that message, I just responded with the, the silence emoji. Well, it, it, was, it, was when, again. it was when Como went 1-0 up. I sent the, the Ancelotti emoji. Okay. Yeah, the, the raised eyebrow. What's yeah. going on here? Um, what a game. I'm looking forward to talking about that tomorrow because it was bloody good. Oh, and did you see on my socials, I put this on threads and ooh. X slash Twitter, um, that the in people in front of me brought a couple of bottles of Prosecco and a big old panettone. Oh, I saw it on your Instagram. And they're like, do you want some? I was like, well, obviously I want some of that. Yes. <laughs> Christmas. I think it's the English and the Englishman in there would go, no, no, I'm okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I would. <laughs> it, it would be a really split decision. It could go either way. Had a lovely old time. Stole a football. Well, I didn't, but there was, I was with someone whose landlords were there and they're an old couple. They stole a football. Although it was given to them by a football player. Although the football player knew that it shouldn't have been given to them. So it was, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. Stealing from an independent women's football club. No, it wasn't their football. It would have been the league's football. It was the <laughs> league. Right, yeah. So I, was, I was very much involved in the smuggling of the ball out of the stadium, but it wasn't me who did it, if you understand. Mm. But anyway, you let's talk about it. out of the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> go on, then you go and get it then. <laughs> well, maybe I will. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, is there anything more to say about anything that we've not said on this podcast a hundred times already this season? Um, well, I just thought for the sake of while I was looking at Lautaro's numbers, I'd look at Tyrams as well because he got the other goal. Um, he's got seven league goals, Slug. which is 
still pathetic. Yeah, it's it's one every other game, <laughs> almost. Um, but he got nine assists. Has he got that many? Nine in Syria, yeah. Which is I, I can't tell to how many of them are for Lazaro, but a, a, a decent chunk will be. Um, I really enjoyed from from the Olympico. Obviously, I said Alistair McKenzie was there for us. He, he put in his headline, Tula. Mm. <laughs> Lula's gone. Tula's here. I like that. I mean, I, I think for someone like Alistair, that's definitely done as a direct dig at Lukaku rather than to, to, to be nice about anyone else. You're just saying that because you're a Roma fan and you two go at each other every time one of you appears in the WhatsApp group. Yeah, but you know what I mean. <laughs> His enjoyment from that won't have been, oh, Turan was really good. It'll have been, he'd replace Lukaku, who's at Roma and I... suspended. <laughs> I disagree, and I think you're being a bitter little boy. <laughs> yeah, well, they're 12. <laughs> Roma are a whole... Uh, you very much have the last points ahead. <laughs> Well done. Well done. What's that quote from the Michael Owen video? Well done, he's 13. Well done, they're 12. Um, but anyway, let's move on, shall we? I don't. It's one of those weeks now where I don't really know where to go next, so I'm just going to go where I want to go, which is Atalanta Force 21. Um, yeah, Luis Muriel scored a beauty again, a bizarre technique on it, but a lovely goal. Mario Pashalic then scored the second as Atalanta completed the turnaround. Charles de Ketelar scored, but Alexi Moranchuk scored what was, I think, the second best goal of the game purely because of the assist that Charles de Ketelar played for this. It was one of those passes that like Barcelona players used to play when Guardiola was in charge there, where the pass isn't on. There is no passing channel where he put that ball, but he put it in and Moranchuk just bundled in. But Atalanta, this was Atalanta in a nutshell, this game, because in the first half, they were as bad as they were against Torino in that they just didn't exist on the pitch. Now, in the second half, they were brilliant. And that's probably what's going to cost them a Champions League place this year, is that they just can't find that consistency even within the same game. Yeah, I, I have a handful of observations from this game um, oh I didn't realize you had watched this game no not in full but okay I've, I've caught up um obviously one doesn't I say doesn't need talking about but you will um Muriel's goal was lovely um the other is I've got two two more one is Ketelara I kind of forgot about him but I'm pleased that he did well um, I think it's probably I was thinking this during the week I think it's a good thing that people aren't talking about him at all anymore. People have forgotten about yeah, him because he's he's not being there. terrible and he's not being amazing. He's just playing his part. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's 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 not easy to just turn on creativity, and that's what he's there for. It, it kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, it kind of gets built up over the series of a few months of your young player. Who, has had a big confidence knock, which he did. He, he was never going to go into that Atalanta team and immediately run the whole show from a creative perspective. Um, the other one, and you'll this is more a question. Is Moranchuk suddenly suddenly seems important? No. Um, <laughs> well, he's he's picked up a couple of goals in the last few yeah. games, didn't he? He seems to be getting a lot more time on the pitch, and he seems to be doing something with it as well. So I kind of written him off in my head. Yeah, I'd written him off. I still haven't fully warmed to him because he's he's got so much technical ability that he could be one of the best playmakers in Serie A but he's just not he just there's there's something that's not quite right there and 
what I will say is since his loan at Torino, he's come back and he is more willing to do the the ugly work. He is more willing to to like break his balls to get back to help out with defensive numbers and things like that. But generally speaking, there is just something there. I'd stop short of saying he's important, but he is one of the, the go-to players off the bench now. He starts every once in a while, but when he starts, it's usually one of those games where like Gasparini often starts players that don't usually start and you know from before the game that, okay, this game's not going to go well then. And he's one of those players that if he starts, you think, okay, it's going to be problematic. But I thought yesterday was quite good. It was Salernitana though, so you need to put that asterisk. They are terrible this season. It's a pity to say, but like they are going down. They're bottom. They're on eight points. They're already five points off safety. Um, so I, I do think they're in big trouble. But yeah, Moranchuk being important, I'm not so sure. He got an assist in that game against what well, he assisted that goal, Muriel's goal, and it was a nice piece of play. But that it showed the kind of footwork that he's capable of doing. Um, but he just doesn't do enough for me still. Um, but Atalanta are in this funny position where they've got quite a lot of players in those roles in attack that aren't the the striker, but there's like Luckman, there's Moranchuk, there's Charles de Ketelar, Pasalic kind of operates in there as well. And this season, none of them are really at their best. Everyone's just kind of doing bits here and there. And I think if all of them were a little bit more consistent, Atalanta would comfortably be a top four team. Uh, but it's, it's just not to be. And I think it's fine because that's kind of what Atalanta are, especially seven, since those two men who I don't want to name left, but we're going to have to name them because one of them was there yesterday, Ewan. For the first time since he left the club, Josip Ilicic returned to Bergamo to watch this match. And it's the first time he's been back. It's the first time he's been back. And he was brought out onto the pitch after the game. There were images of him walking around with Gasparini, and it was hard not to to feel a lot of things when you <laughs> saw that happening. And then just to complete it, obviously, and everyone, anyone familiar with Italian football will know that after a team win, they they all join hands, start sometimes at the halfway line, but they're very excited, usually closer to the box, run a little bit, and jump in front of their curva. And Atalanta were getting ready to do this and half of the players had started the run and then Martin Daron started shouting at everybody, wait, 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 wait. And then he turns around and Ilicic, who's just like walking around the pitch, soaking it up, Daron shouts over, get in here. So mm. Ilicic joined in and that is just such a lovely touch. Such a lovely touch and it was it was great to see. And I'd be lying if I said I, I wasn't getting a little bit misty-eyed watching <laughs> all of the the Yosipilicic clips from last night because it's first and foremost it's just great to see that he appears to be healthy again like he looks great as well and secondly it's great to see him back in Bergamo smiling enjoying an Atalanta win and seeing how all of his former teammates were embracing him after the the match there was was lovely yeah he seems to be popping up a lot more which can only be a good thing because mm. He clearly didn't want to be in the public eye for quite a long time. So the fact that that's changed has to be good. Right. Next few results, let's just fly through them, shall we? We'll go to Napoli because Victor Ossiman has been awarded our player of the week. He got a goal and a bloody good assist as mm. Napoli beat Cagliari 2-1. 
he looked like his last season version in this one. Yeah, he did. And it, I think it, when judging Napoli, it's easy to, it's weirdly easy to forget that he's missed quite a big chunk of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me, you know, maybe, maybe Rudy Garcia sat there going, well, that's not he's not doing anything different. He's just got, he's just got him in back. Um, but no, to be fair, they, they seem largely solid so far. <laughs> Under that, sorry. They do seem yeah, better. Yeah. He, the assist, the assist was wonderful. But to be honest, the finish from Carlos Kelly was brilliant yeah. as well. <laughs> but it doesn't compare to to the assist. But um, I think Carlos Kelly got, did he get the other goal? Um, no, no, sorry. Osman got the other goal, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, both of them. Them two linking up just kind of almost makes the league a better place <laughs> in a in a sure. weird sense. They're, they're 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 both that good that you just want to see them playing well. Agreed. Speaking of things you want to see playing well, Juventus. He he. Um, no one's <laughs> going to shout me down for that one this time. But they drew one one. Federico Chiesa opened the scoring with a penalty in the first half, but Albert Goodmanson leveled things up early in the second, and this is. I mean, there's no other way to frame it other than two massive dropped points for you, though. Yeah, it is. And everything we were saying about them last week kind of hinted that this this sort of result was either possible or potentially coming. Because, you know, you look at the way they won the Monza game, it it felt like they, they, they weren't steamrolling anyone in that way that Inter do. Where you just never feel like Inter are going to lose, whereas Juve it always feels like the game could potentially go in another direction, or they might not find that winning goal. Um, so I wasn't massively shocked when I saw that this was the result. Um, it's just whether they make a habit of it, really. Yeah, when they went one 0 up, I did think right game over because they don't concede. Mm. I do have that kind of not. It's not as certain as it used to be, but I have a little bit of confidence in Juve when they go one up. I'm like, okay, I think they'll see it out. But Yeah, they, it wasn't a B. It wasn't a B. Genoa, do Genoa look... How do Genoa look? Because they're sitting in 14th. They're above Sassuolo. Okay, the same number of points. But they're in that little pocket of teams that have shown flashes this season alongside Lecce, Frosinone and Sassuolo. They're in a little group. Um, for a newly promoted side... I think they'd be happy enough with where they are, even if it is just still four points above the the drop zone. I, th- I think they look, in a visual sense, better than the table says. Um, I think they they do have quite a lot of good attacking players in there, and they do seem to be moderately enjoyable to watch. I mean, they they I think they they stopped four past Roma, didn't they? They they've got a few good results this season, um, and I'm just trying to look at uh, Rotegi's injury and what the story... Because I feel like he's been gone for a while. Yeah, he was gone from late October to the start of December. um, And then he's just missed another game with a bit of an injury. Mm. Um, And he he will have been the player they'd have expected to get the majority of the goals this season. Um, So while they are down there, I feel like there's enough there that they shouldn't go any further down. Really, yeah, you would hope so. Um, it is nice to have. Am I, what am I going to say here? It's nice to have Marassi in Serie A because mm. it would be if neither of those teams were were in the top flight. But Sampdoria are finding a little bit of form, so they might be one of those sneaky teams that get into the playoff. 
Imagine we had Como, Parma, and Sam Ball come up. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. Quite happily, actually. Um, with Salernitana, Empoli, and either Verona or Inez. <laughs> we differ on this. I don't want Salernitana to get relegated. I it's, want... it's not that I want to, it's that they will. So yeah. they, it, it feels daft to say anyone else, really. <laughs> if I'm choosing who I want gone, it's goodbye Verona, goodbye Empoli, and goodbye Cagliari. I feel bad saying that, though, because I really like Ranieri. They, they have got a bit more interesting in the last few weeks as well. Um, just a few more. They, they, they keep doing some silly late goals and things. Yeah, but we're just waiting for the thing, aren't we? Yeah, the thing probably the thing will happen. Thing that happens every time they're in, every yeah. time they're about. When the um, form dips again, it'll yeah, happen. wait, it'll happen. <laughs> yeah. It'll happen. But anyway, oh, go. Um, I was just saying, shall we quickly run through the um European draws because they happened. If you want, I'll just um, list out the rest of the scores. Milan beat Monza three 0 comfortably. Uh, Verona lost one 0 away at Fiorentina. Udinese Sassuolo was 2-2, Torino beat Ampoli 1-0, and Lecce beat Frozenone, sorry, 2-1. An important win for them in that little mini-league of four that they've got going on. There was the, there were the draws for the Champions League last 16, the Europa League in, inverted commas, playoff round, which isn't the players. Just Knockout the round playoff. Round. Stupid. <laughs> and the Europa Conference League, do they also have that playoff round? Yes, but okay. that doesn't concern Italy at this moment in time because Fiorentina won their group, so they go straight through. Um, okay. so we should so, say in the Europa League, Atalanta are also not concerned by yeah. the playoff round, they won their group, but Roma so are. It's five of the seven that okay. were involved yesterday. Right, talk us through it, Mr. Burns. Um, Champions League is a bit simpler, and that is Inter will be. So all three of the Italian teams finished second in their group, so they played the home legs first. Um, so Inter have got Atletico Madrid, which, considering some of the teams they could have faced, they'll be, yeah, that is spicy, but they'll be, you know, not, not like, we we're going to win that, but it's one of the more manageable ideas. Quick question. Yes. Will there be more goals or red cards across the two legs of this fixture? I'm going to say goals only because of the form of Latar and Taram. All two reds. Yeah, I think it like while while I'm saying goals, it's definitely worthy of, of thought. <laughs> um what else is that? Napoli have got Barcelona, which is just quite interesting. I yeah, because a lot of the reaction to this is Napoli are gonna need to be good. Barcelona are not very good this season. No, they have dipped. Um, the problem did they, with did they this... drop again this weekend. Yeah, they did, didn't they? They drew up Valencia, I think. Um the problem with these draws are I find it difficult to talk too much about them when they happen because it's another two months before the games are played. Yeah, it's more just vibe, isn't it, really? Mm. Napoli Barca is a good vibe. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, obviously everyone's going to start talking about Maradona straight away, but there's mm-hmm. other reasons why it's cool. Um, and the fact that it could be Walter Mazzari in charge of a Champions League game against Barcelona feels odd in this day and age. But there we are. Um and Lazio got Bayern, who they played <laughs> last time they were in this stage. I think it was I had to I had to find this you, out. I think it was twenty 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 one. Oh yeah, I did, didn't I? It wasn't as bad as I thought. It was six two on aggregate. I, I thought it was about seven nil. I thought they got beat six on one of the nights. No, I think it it was four one and then two oh. one, I think. 
And it's um, not good, is it? <laughs> no, yeah, still not ideal. So they'll have to do that again. <laughs> that was probably a stronger Lazio team as well, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Bayern, I can't remember. I think Bayern might have won it that year, to be fair. 2020-21. That um, is the year they won it, yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, so Champions League, fairly simple. Those are your draws. Europa League, um, Milan dropped into the knockout round playoff. For anyone who doesn't know, this is where you get Europa League second place teams up against Champions League third place teams. They do two legs. The winners go into the Europa League last 16. Um, same story for the Conference League. Why did they bother introducing this new format for two years before they rip up the whole format of the competition? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you in terms of the for two years bit. I do quite like this format in the sense that it it, it makes finishing second in the Europa League something you really don't want to do. Um, it kind of keeps teams fighting to be top of their group in the Europa League because quite often those groups can very quickly divide into two teams, two teams. Um, so I like it in that sense. But yeah. yeah. Um, so Milan are against... Sorry, that wasn't Ren. a great contribution, was it? Uh. <laughs> um, Milan are against Ren, who are 13th in the league at the moment. Um, finished second in the Europa League group to Villarreal. It's going to be are, funny when Ren win that, isn't it? Yeah, at least one of the games. <laughs> um, and Roma have got, surprise, surprise, this was also predictable, Feyenoord, who they played in the Conference Every... League final. <laughs> yeah, that's who they beat in the Conference League final two seasons ago. And they knocked them out of the Europa League in the quarterfinals last season. And Mourinho um, has beef with the... Well, the, that journalist has beef with Mourinho and Mourinho just always responds to him really nicely. Mm. It's funny. There's a lot of beef around there, I think. Um, some tempers frayed in various games. Um, so, I mean, final fans. Obviously, the, the, the Conference League final was not in Rome. Um... I think it was Albania. And then, but they, you know, they played Roma then. They then will have gone to Rome to play Roma um, last season. They just had Lazio in the Champions League group, so they went to Rome then as well. And now they're going to Rome again. Worst places to go. Yeah. But I think if you were the sort who spends your money on going away with your team, you, you, you do like the, the variety. Yeah, but imagine, you? <laughs> you were, imagine that was happening, but it was, you were getting United, Manchester United every year. Yeah, well, um, young boys, they seem to get United most years in competitions, <laughs> and then this year they are City, <laughs> which is very sad for them. Um, that is sad, but Rome's the but, best city in the world, so I'm yeah. sure they're all right. So, yeah, Rome versus Feyenoord, um, and that's it, isn't it? That's five because, yeah, Atalanta yep. and Fiorentina aren't involved yet, they're too smooth, man, too smooth, too smooth with it. Um, yep. But anyway, we are wrapping up here, and I believe we need to express our best wishes for Christmas, don't we? Because we've got an uncharacteristic Christmas break. Um, even if Serie A doesn't, we are not adhering to this schedule. So <laughs> you and I will be back on Wednesday of this week with the Women's Football Podcast, as usual, to talk through the last match day of Serie A Femminile of 2023 and there is to be fair quite a lot to talk about there because good god good god Juventus went away to Sampdoria and didn't win not only did they not win but one of their low knees scored the only goal of the game and Samp won 1-0 
which meant that Roma are now six points clear at the top of the table because they beat Como 3-2 in that crazy game that we mentioned earlier. Milan's crisis is full-blown now. They are just one place above the relegation playoff place. It took a 96th-minute equaliser for them to draw against the Napoli team who were bottom of the table and with just one point to the name before this game. They are stinking as a team, Milan. Fiorentina beat Inter 4-2 in what looks like it's probably going to be like third against fourth, but Fiorentina might well fancy their chances of finishing second now. And Sassuolo beat Pomigliano 2-0. Lana Cleland getting a goal that was definitely a cross. And I've told her that and she wasn't happy about it, but that reinforces that it was definitely a cross. Um, so we will be back. We're not going to be doing a podcast for match day 17 because it finishes up on the 23rd and we have other work commitments, which mean that we just can't do one then. And then the 24th is Christmas Eve and we are in Christmas mode because last year, I don't think we did. I think we did a podcast. Oh no, we would have year before we did a podcast very, very late. Um, but we're taking a week off. So we will be back for match day 18's Serie A, which is ending, I believe, on December 30th. It's quite odd having Serie A happening this time of year, but that is when you will next hear from us. If you're not a patron and you don't listen to the Women's Football Podcast. So, listeners, hope you've had a great 2023. We'll be back to wish you a happy new year. But from everybody at Total Italian Football, the merriest of Christmases to you and everybody around you. Bernsey, any final messages? I second your Merry Christmasing to everyone. Well, there you and go. I'm looking forward to not doing one for match to 17 which you can bet as well the fact we're not doing it it's gonna is, be mad yeah it's gonna be absolutely <laughs> incredible it's gonna be roma six napoli five yeah because that's the sort of thing roma do <laughs> they tend to score six um what other games are there who's actually playing isn't there bologna atalanta yeah that'll be eight four then the rest are just um, kind of unremarkable frozenone six you they nil can you stop doing this because we're not going to be here <laughs> I'm calling it all I'm going to do all lot <laughs> anyway yeah let's go are you happy are you done I've been going five minutes you have <laughs> been speaking bye everyone
guarda il cielo come blu, con rosso fuoco dell'amore. Dai vestiti così, sei bella più di un fiore, staremo in curva, abbracciati a tu.